Sunday, actually each day is resurrection day in Jesus where we can remember what he has done. We can live in the newness of life that he has called us and he has given us. And so pray that's still bearing fruit. Uh, We're going to continue while we're in this time to ground ourselves in the promises of Jesus. Uh, Many of those promises provide great comfort. Um, All of them provide comfort. Uh, And yet some of them are particularly challenging. And so we're going to look at one tonight. And it's a little more challenging from John chapter 12. Um, Before we do, I ended last week uh, asking you, uh, you know, what difference will this whole shelter in place make? Like, how's it going to impact us? How's it going to impact you? You know, many people are asking that. Certainly economists are asking that, right? And they're asking, what's what's this going to be like? Uh, I see my friend Mark Spivey on there, our, our banker. I'm sure he's asking, what's this going to be like? How's the economy going to do? Is it going to rebound? How long? Um, we're asking that about travel. Are we going to be able to go places again and move around? And uh, the airlines are, uh, read an article yesterday about all the planes that are grounded and having to maintenance them and do something with them to keep them operative and, and ready to go. Uh, what's going to happen there? As how's you know, healthcare going to be different in the future? Uh, how's church going to be different from this in the future? Um, a lot of questions about that. Restaurants, will we go? Uh, will we, we just pick up, take out? What are we going to do with restaurants? Lots of questions uh, asking about what it will be. A lot of speculation. What I ask a more personal question, what, what will be different for you? How is this going to change you and impact uh, your life? Um, I, I heard a story this week of a pastor talking about someone in his congregation as a young man in his 20s and he was finishing school and deciding to move into his career path and had felt for some time about this calling to, to missions. And during this five, six week hiatus, has felt the call to, to serve full time in missionary work overseas. He felt, he felt a calling. It, 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 it jarred him as he evaluated life and said, what's my life um, going to be about? So I see uh, Amy and Tyler with a little head nod. Uh, as they pursue their mission work. Others say, no, I feel called to my job. Uh, Maybe you're more invigorated. Maybe you have a renewed sense of your calling to your job, to what you do day in, day out, and you're eager to do it better, to do it with more passion, to do it with more intentionality. Um, But we're asking big questions, uh, like what do we do? Some of us have asked, you have enjoyed the family time, you're like, how do we get some of this family time when life gets crazy again, right? How do we maintain uh, family walks or bike rides or playing in the backyard? And you're asking questions, how will I do life differently once this period ends? Um, how will we do community different? Will we, how, what will church look like in relationship to the body? Will we be more appreciative of one another until we dive in and we take advantage uh, these are all good questions, and I, I would just encourage you to ask them. Now is the time to ask them. Um, we don't know all the reasons the Lord is doing this and what's happening, but we do know, as we said last week, um, it's not wasted. We do know it's a purpose. We do know He wants to change and to transform each of us in our own particular ways with our particular struggles. Uh, he wants to uh, change us. Uh, he is good. And he brings these things in particular challenges and struggles in our life for our good and to change us. And so I'd ask you to think about that. Will you ask the question, how will my life be different? How is it being different because of this? With that in mind, let me read the passage from John 12. This is verse 20 to 26. Um, This is what it says. 
And now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. These came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It's an interesting passage. It says some Greeks, they came up, they came to Philip, uh, who was up in Galilee, more of a Gentile area. We don't know how far these folks came, um, but the day before was Palm Sunday. So they had come to hear, to see, to ask. And so they asked Philip and Philip talked to Andrew and the two of them went to Jesus and um, they came looking for the right person. They said, we came to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. It's interesting. Jesus. <laughs> could have told them anything. He could have said anything to them. These, these Greek seekers came to him wanting to see him. What's he going to say? What's going to be his words? And this is what he told them. He says that first the Son of Man has, uh, it's time for him to be glorified. Interesting way to speak of his crucifixion and resurrection to be glorified. But then he says, truly, truly, I mean, it is true that we must die a kernel of wheat, if we are to have life. At the end, he gives us a couple of promises, but before the promises, he gives this very challenging words to these Gentiles, these Greeks. He says, um, death. Death is the way to spiritual life uh, and glory. You, you want transformation? You want to look different? You want life to be different on the other side? It's going to require death. You want life to matter, it's going to mean dying. The way a, a seed must fall to the ground and die. When the seed falls into the ground, it doesn't uh, disintegrate altogether. It's buried in the ground, but then from that seed sprouts new life. The seed dies to itself to being a seed to sprout new life as we are called to die to self, to sprout new life in Jesus we want vibrancy and vitality. We want a spiritual legacy. Jesus says we have to die. Um, th this must have been astonishing to these Greek followers. They came down. They heard the hoopla. They heard people taking off their cloaks, putting palm branches down. They saw Jesus ride into Jerusalem uh, being, you know, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. People are cheering his name. They've heard about this great one. They're Greek. They know the Greek world. They know about power. They know about fame. And they see Jesus come and many are hailing. He's the king of the Jews. And there's all of this glory and all of this honor. And Jesus says, uh, you want glory? You want, uh, you want honor? You've got to die. You want to be great? The way to greatness uh, is to die. Uh, this is where, you know, um, <laughs> biblical Christianity just isn't, isn't all that attractive, honestly. Um, you know, this is not super popular. Uh, 
this is not television. Uh, well, maybe there, there are a lot of preachers on TV these days. This is not uh, televangelist uh, messages. Um, this is not a uh, quick fix coffee cup Christianity. Um, this is a uh, hard words from Jesus. They came to see him. They got to Jesus. And what did he say? Hey, I'm here. You got to go die. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. Jesus, <laughs> you know, we're here for some uplifting word. We want a, a quick fix. We want to read a book. We want some education. We want a weekend seminar. Uh, but Jesus says, no, it's actually going to be a life of dying, a life of dying, of surrender. Boy, we'd rather not be the case. Um, so what does that look like? What is, what is Jesus talking about? What does death look like? Um, two things. First, it, it looks like hatred. Hatred, verse 25. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You want to die, you got to hate your life. That sounds harsh. I mean, Jesus doesn't mean in the sense that we're to hate every day we wake up and just we're miserable. No, he came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. It's not that. It's that our love for God, our, our, our affections, our perspective, our hearts are so in line to him that we have loosened the grip on this world. We have let go of our hope and joy and satisfaction and longing being in this world and in this life. And we've died to that to find our hope and our glory in Jesus. Uh, it's by contrast that we see him. You know, and you find something so beautiful and so glorious. And when you fix your eyes upon it, everything else fades away. Everything else becomes dim in the background. This is the type of hatred he's talking about. As we see Jesus, as we reflect upon him, um, we no longer have a hunger and thirst for this world in the negative sense of this world, of trying to get life from it, trying to find our satisfaction in it. So when we emerge from this pandemic, we're going to do something. We're going to have a, we're going to party. Okay. We're going to celebrate. Uh, celebrate with your family, your friends. We're going to celebrate together as a church. Um, but we're not hedonists, right? We're not, uh, our, our hope is not in, we're finally free. Let's have five months of vacation to go do whatever we want and explore wherever we want. We're going to enjoy the good things God's given because uh, we have life through death in him to give, to serve, to release in his name it says uh, we are not to be in love with this world but be in love with jesus and his kingdom um maybe this time has helped you loosen your grip a bit uh maybe being home and more reflective you've, you've questioned your priorities like what what's my heart what's my heart love um what matters to me what's important to me i reminded of that that uh that missionary Jim Elliott, remember him? The one that went to Ecuador, him and four others, they went and uh, smart guys from Wheaton and they went down there, a lot of future, but they, they were passionate about taking the gospel to this remote tribe in the middle of the Amazon in Ecuador. And they went and after initial good reception with these Indians, uh, they, they, they were killed, right? All of five of them were killed. Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, the others. There's a movie, The End of the Spear. You've probably may have seen that movie and, and Elliot gives this, had given this famous quote, really quoting Jesus. He says, 
He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He's no fool to give up this life, to lay down this life, because we can't keep it, and the more we try to take it, the more it gets away from us. To lay down this life, to take up that which we cannot lose, that is life in Christ and in Him and in His purpose. Eternal life He's given us. He's given us life. We might die to live for what matters. That's the first thing I think death means. Jesus tells these Greek followers, you're going to have to die, and it's going to mean giving up your life, losing your life, hating your life. Second thing it's going to mean, it's going to mean service. To die is to serve. To deny oneself is to give oneself for another. Verse 26, he says this, If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Service. It's the primary way that the church, we actually serve Christ and honor Christ as we serve the world. Isn't that interesting? Hate the world, serve the world. We're to hate the world, serve the world. We're to hate the world in the sense of trying to find life from it. And yet because Christ has put us in the world and we love him, we now lay our life down to serve for others, for the world, to be light, to be salt. Are we willing to live for the good of others. You know, we, uh, maybe you've experienced this. We complain about how crazy busy we are. I said this last week and, and now it's not for many of us. I know some it's, it is, but it's not. And so we're slower and, and, and partly we don't know how to rest. Well, I said that we don't know how to Sabbath. There's also another aspect of it when we're idle and we're not able to serve, to give our life gets really small, doesn't it? And maybe we, you know, we, uh, we serve our family in our own home. But it reveals to us, while we don't draw our satisfaction, or last week we don't earn our merit from serving others, we don't get our, our salvation, um, our vision must much be bigger than ourselves and our family. Like we were blessed with, with talent, with resources, with gifts to go and to serve and to give to the world. And that's our prayer as a church as we come back, that we will be on fire and renewed to use who we are as a church to serve our community. That you'll go back to your workplace in person for those that are, uh, that are we're still working from home in person to use your talents actually to serve others for the good of others, to give yourself, to lay down your life for others. We can't let our vision get small. Maybe we would merge with vision. How do we serve Jesus? He says, if you serve me, the Father will honor him. Will honor him, he says. Matthew 25 says this, right? In the story, Jesus said, if you, if you fed the hungry or if you gave drink to the thirsty or if you housed those without shelter or the stranger or if you helped heal the sick, if you've done it to the least of these, Jesus says, you've what? You've done it to me. And so to serve, serve others, to serve people in time and space, is actually serving Jesus. We have a heart to serve. To move beyond ourselves. And to see the needs of others. Do we know the blessing? Do we know uh, how to be creative? Do we know how to be generous? Do we know how to be the people of God as we're called to be? We're called to die. Encouraging words from Jesus. 
To die, we have to hate the world, and yet we have to serve the world with our being. Um, many of you are thinking, like, that's kind of harsh. You know, that's <laughs> it's kind of extreme. Is there a... Raise your hand if you like. Uh, who does? Who did the extra credit in class when you got extra credit assignments? Some of y'all did, right? I remember in seminary, there's like you know the five books you're supposed to read, and then like the fifteen are suggested, but then they're for extra credit, you know. And I'm like, eh, not getting to those. Um, some of y'all did those. Probably all you medical folks, overachieving crowd. You know, there are others among you. Um, the extra credit, you know. But uh, we kind of want that to be true here. You know, there's like a A team, B team, there's like a JV Christian. I'll just be in and I'll be like, to, to die, to serve, to give ourselves, um, it's not extra credit. It's, it's what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. It's what the church is meant to be. There's no tiers of Christian, like some that sacrifice and some that don't. Right? Some that died uh, itself. Some are meshed in the world and some are not. It's actually, we're called to die. We're called all of us, uh, to follow Jesus. So much so that that's our calling for every believer, um, that the promises of God are tied, the promises here are tied to us doing these things. Look at this. At the end, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. So if we serve, we get to be where Jesus is. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It's conditional. Serve we get to be with Jesus, and we get the honor of the Father. It's not bad, is it? What if I told you today, hey, at the end of the day, you would know that you would get to be with Jesus forever, and that the Father would be pleased with you. Hey, you feel good about that? Would you take that? I think I would take that, right? I would call that, that that's my life. I'm good. I have Jesus, and I have the Father's blessing. And yet, it says here, um, if... We do these things, the conditions. Um, and that's where it gets a little, gets a little challenging. It gets a little scary. Um, because if we're honest, we all know we're not so good at those things, right? In fact, we're notorious for not doing those things. We're notorious uh, for actually being tempted to fall in love with the world. It happens in the, in, the, in the New Testament with Demas. Do you remember him? He was a companion of Paul, but in the end it says what? Demas fell in love with this present world. He was somewhere with Jesus. I mean, with Paul, he was doing some missionary work, and then he saw the world and the comforts and the appeal, and he just says he fell in love. He loved his life, and he went off. Uh, throughout history, the church has always struggled with falling in love and compromising and accommodating and looking like the world. We struggle. And in service, you know, we serve uh, ourselves well, and we struggle to serve others. Sometimes we serve others, but then we do it with the wrong motivation, right? We, we said last week we serve to get something. And so this is a problem. For us, we struggle to do this. We tend to cling to the world. So how does it work? How, how do we do this? I think it begins by us acknowledging that we fail. The, the Greeks were supposed to hear this strong charge from Jesus and to say, it's <laughs> uh, not what I was hoping for. That's a little more difficult than, uh, than I was thought. 
Um, they'd come to Passover. They were followers. So they were God-fearing. They, they were used to going to the temple at some level. That's easy. Let's go to the temple. Let's check a box. And now they have to admit and acknowledge that I, I don't do this so well. And that's where Jesus would, would be able to, to lead them the following days because all that Jesus is asking them to do right now, this hard challenge that Jesus asked them to do, is he is about to do it in the final days of his life, right? He is about to lose his life, literally. He had the kingdom. He had the glory. They were throwing it at him. They wanted to revolt against Rome. We'll hail you as king. We'll give you the world. You can have everything. All glory, all honor. Jesus gave it up. He hated the world in that sense that he would have life in his Father. And in service, it says he, Jesus could have had angels. He could have had a myriad of servants supporting him and praising him and bringing him. And yet Lee read it earlier. Jesus himself, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was telling them what he was about to go do. So it's an example for us, but it's also the way we can do it. He empowers us through his service, through his death and resurrection. In union with Christ, we now are empowered to do the very things we're called to do, to lay our life down, to loosen our grip this world. We get the Trinity. You see that? The Spirit, he says the next chapter, is going to come and live within us. That Spirit that's going to allow us to serve so that we get to be with Jesus and we get the honor of the Father by acknowledging that we can't, but that Jesus has in our place. We are empowered with freshness to serve, to loosen the grip on this life. My, my encouragement to you, um, as we emerge from this quarantine thing, whenever that may be, have a bigger vision. I'm praying that for our church, that we will have, uh, in many ways, we'll do the ordinary things well, but we'll do them for grand purposes, purposes to give ourselves for the good of others, that they might know Jesus, that we, like Jim Elliott, would say, we can hold on to it and lose it, or we can let it go. And in what we let go, we cannot be taken away because we get the presence of Jesus. That's the promise. There he will be with him. We get Jesus and we get the Father. The Father who said to, the, to Jesus, well pleased, is what he says to us. May we emerge. May we come out. May we be changed in this quarantine that we might lose our life, die to self, and serve and love our neighbor. We need, uh, we need help doing it, so let's do it together as his community. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Um, we need comfort from it. Um, we need comfort. We need to know you're not going to leave us or forsake us, that you're going to be 